There were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I tell you, I hope you guys have had a fantastic day so far. It's our Carlo and I's prayer that when you leave here, that you would just go and hang out with family and friends. Um, and uh, we're so gl- honored and glad to have you guys here with us tonight, aren't we? Uh, we are. It's afternoon. Chris just said tonight and this morning, but it's all good. Chris and I have been uh, deathly, deathly ill. You know when a man gets a cold, he might as well just have the worst disease ever. So we've been really, true story, the both of us a couple days ago, uh, at about the same time, 11 p.m.-ish one evening, uh, death visited us in the form of illness. And so uh, anyway, we're good. It's afternoon. We're glad that you guys are here. If you shake my hand... Make sure to wash it. If I'm if, so, if I'm not shaking your hand, or if I just give you a fist bump, please know it's because I so, care about you. Uh, I, honestly, we are really glad that you're here with us tonight, and uh, we are going to end our Netflix series by looking at my favorite one of all, and that is a Charlie Brown Christmas. I love this. It actually came out in 1965. It's 51 years old. I mean, and I love, I mean, I love just the simplicity of it. I love the music of it. Carlo is going to talk a, a little bit about that a little bit later, but I just love the whole thing. And how many of y'all, let me just say this, how many of y'all have seen Charlie Brown Christmas? Let me see your hands. How many of y'all have not? Okay, a couple. So let me kind of share with you what happens on a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? Charlie Brown is this guy who's always kind of like the world's against him. And he has some friends, and uh, some friends are better, a little bit better friends than others. And he has his dog, Snoopy. Uh, he has a really good friend, Linus, who always carries a what? A blanket. Then you have Lucy, who's really like no friend at all. Charlie Brown's sister, Sally. Uh, she, for her, the Christmas season, she wants 10s and 20s from Santa. And uh, Snoopy is all about the materialism of the holiday season. And for somehow, uh, I mean, Charlie Brown, he is the director of a Christmas play. And it's not going well. Nobody's really listening to Charlie Brown because he's Charlie Brown, right? And uh, everybody says, hey, he gets this great idea. I'm going to go and I'm going to get a Christmas tree. Because maybe what we need, this Christmas tree, this play needs a Christmas tree. So he and Linus are going to go to this Christmas tree lot. And before he leaves, everybody says, listen, Charlie Brown, don't mess this up. Don't get some awful nappy tree. We want you to go and get like a metallic tree. Prefer- Lucy says preferably painted pink. Now, I don't know for those, some of y'all are like child of the 60s. I don't know what type of drugs you did in the 60s, but I don't know about you, but I don't get metallic trees painted pink. But evidently Lucy did, and she does. But Charlie Brown goes with Linus, and he goes and he looks at this Christmas tree lot, and this is where this clip begins. Let's watch this. I don't know, Linus. I 
just don't know. Well, I guess we'd better concentrate on finding a nice Christmas tree. I mean, I mean, Charlie Brown had one mission in life, to go and get a really good tree, and he just absolutely messed that up. In fact, this poor little tree was not even really much of a tree. It was more like a branch, a scrawny branch. Charlie Brown's choice of the tree proved disastrous, and everybody makes fun of him. Everybody except who? Linus. I'll tell you, I, what I love about Linus is Linus, when he takes his blanket and he wraps around that tree... His love transforms that tree. And I, I, in a lot of ways, I see Linus's love much like God's love for you and I. You see, it's God who sent his one and only son not to wrap a blanket around us, but to wrap his son's arms around us that transforms you and I. 
transforms us into this scrawny, weakling thing into something beautiful. Something that he sees past what we are and he sees what we can be. I love that. In fact, I love what Paul writes in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He says this, But God demonstrated his love for us by giving us his Son while we were of no use whatever to him. Do you want to know how you and I kind of compare to God? We're of no use whatever to him. You see, some of us, you walk in your day and you're like, you feel like you're kind of like God's gift to everybody. And then others of us were like, I don't think I'm nothing. And you need to know that when God looks at us, I love this whole aspect, that when we were at our worst, God was at his best. And he doesn't see us of what we are, but what we can be. In fact, he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Anyone united with Jesus gets a fresh start. It is created new. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. How does this happen? The answer? In Jesus. God put our wrong on Jesus, who never did anything wrong, so that we could put, be put right with him. I love that. That we, who have only wrong on us, he takes our wrongs, and he puts them on Jesus. In Jesus' rightness, he makes us right with God. So today... What we're going to do is I'm, gonna, I'm just going to invite all of us to open up one of your best Christmas gifts that you can ever get. And that is, if you have never ever given your heart and your life over to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you that opportunity. And I'm going to pray, and then Carlo is going to finish us out. But before we take communion, before we do anything else, the thing I really want to lean into you and ask you that question is, do you know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Not do you love Christmas and not are you excited about what's happening tonight. All that's great. But if somebody were to ask you, do you have a relationship with God? Do you know where you're going to go when the end of your life comes? What could you say? And what would you say? And if it's, if it's anything else that if you're saying like, well, I'm a good person. Or, you know what, I go to church. Or I serve. I, I help the poor. All those are great. But all of that comes up short. Because really, all of that stuff, they're of no use to God whatsoever. How we become accepted by God is through what Jesus has done. So I'm going to invite all of us to pray. And let's talk to God. And if you want to invite Jesus into your heart, if you want to begin this relationship with him, I'm going to invite you to do that now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that we can come here this afternoon on Christmas Eve. And Lord, for so many of us, we're excited about opening up those presents, opening up, opening up those packages. But Lord, you sent us the best present of all 2,000 years ago by sending us your Son. That whoever would believe in Him, they would not perish, but they could have everlasting life. And Lord, for those here tonight, Lord, that they're full of sin and they don't have any idea of how to get to you or whether or not they're going to go to heaven or not, I just pray that right now they would put their faith and their trust in you and they would ask Jesus Christ to come into their life and you would make them new in Christ. That you would wrap your loving arms around you and that you would transform them by your heavenly son's love. For it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. There's so many little stories in 
the Charlie Brown Christmas story, you, we, you could talk forever and ever about what the meaning of Christmas is and, and what they were looking for. And there's so many funny parts. Snoopy is my main man. I love everything he does because it's just so irreverent, and that's a little bit me. So that's kind of who I am. Uh, the party when he doesn't he like randomly just like lick Lucy when she says something crazy to him and that just he's a hilarious character in that story but really I think Charlie Brown Christmas is a restoration story he's trying to restore this play that no one really knows what it's about and he's trying to to get it to mean something and of course there's the story of the raggedy old tree that he's trying his best to restore and in the middle of that he's doing his soul searching you know what a poor kid Charlie Brown it's just such a troubled soul uh, searching for what is Christmas all about. Some people like to restore things. They like to buy old furniture and turn it into something new. They like to buy old scrapped out metal and turn it into a, a car that works again. You know, restoring stuff all of the time. I think that w- what we learn through this story and what we've already learned through the scripture that we've read is that God is absolutely in the restoration business, right? I mean, only God can can restore a batting cage and turn it into a house of worship on a Christmas Eve, like the room that we're in right now, can take a a punk kid from Tampa, Florida like me and have me here right now. Only God can do that kind of stuff. And what we see in that story is no matter how beat up you are, no matter how raggedy you may feel, with God in the equation, with that real meaning of Christmas in in, in the equation, anything truly is possible. Charlie Brown Christmas was not even supposed to be made. There were people who from the very beginning when uh, Charles Schultz and people involved were putting that together, they were just passionate about stopping it before it even got produced. They criticized it for having religious themes and being too preachy. Coca-Cola was one of the main sponsors, and of course, Coca-Cola criticized it for being anti-commercialism. You know, that was kind of troubling. Uh, They criticized it because it used jazz music. That was not something they wanted promoted in the 60s. They criticized it because it used real children as the voice actors. It was criticized because it didn't have a laugh track They thought, no, it's going to be too slow and too boring. And a story I read, I love Charles Schultz. He actually stormed into one of these executive meetings, 1960s Hollywood, and said, people are smart. They need to process this cartoon in their own way. So no laugh track, no fake adult voices, none of that junk. Just tell the story. And so this story that never should have been made, we see it now as this great classic that we talk about all these years later. In fact, Charlie Brown Christmas is the second longest running Christmas special in the history of these animated Christmas specials. And I love that part of the story because in true Charlie Brown fashion, it didn't come in first place. It's the second longest running Christmas special behind Rudolph. Why would I tell you all of that stuff? Because for some of you, you felt just like that raggedy tree all year. In 2016, you were Charlie Brown, having the football removed every time you tried to kick it, landing flat on your backside, life just beating you up, never knowing. Even when you try to put an ornament on whatever your situation was, it still tipped over, it still looked messed up. And some of us were limping uh, to the finish line of the end of this year for whatever reason it is. The hope we have as followers of Christ is that he is in the restoration business and he can take the junk of whatever our year may have been and make it something awesome. If you had a great year, he can make it even better in the end. That's what's so great about our God. That's what's so great about who he is. The scripture Chris read, another version says this in the New Living Translation of 2 Corinthians 5. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Yes. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That is 
such a powerful verse for the first part of our talk when we're talking about salvation, when we're talking about becoming new in Christ. But let me tell you, for those of you who have said yes to Jesus, you've been on this journey for a little bit, that is just as much a powerful verse for you today as it was the first day you said yes to Jesus. Every day he has the ability to make things brand new. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Every day he has the ability to let us experience what he does, and that's restoration. When you came in, you all received a communion kit. We're going to celebrate communion today because the real meaning of Christmas is that God saw our ugliness and he chose to give us the most beautiful gift, Jesus. And then God used the ugliest form of death at the time, crucifixion, to create the beauty of new life in Christ. So when we celebrate communion, we're really saying yes to our own ugliness We're saying yes to the ugliness of the cross and yes to the beauty of God's plan to save us from ourselves and our sins through Jesus. That word communion literally means common unity. When we are in this body of Christ, those of us who who we've said yes to Jesus, we're following him, we've asked him to be Lord of our life, this is the one thing we have in common among all other things. It's the great equalizer we have as people of faith. And that's why celebrating communion, as Luther said earlier, it's such an intimate, worshipful experience. One of the greatest things we get to do in in marking who we are as Christ followers. The one thing we have in common is we are all a bunch of raggedy trees that God saw fit to restore and make into something brand new and beautiful. If you're unfamiliar with these kits, you can see clearly the top layer. Peel that. There's your, your, your bread, your wafer peel the second layer and there's your cup and we're going to take these together i'm going to pray for us and then after i pray we're going to take these elements together but we don't want to rush into this we want to make sure we've already prayed and i pray some of you who've never said yes to jesus you did just a few minutes ago but even those of us who are in this journey in this fight we want to just pause for a just a beat to thank god for restoring us lord thank you for your grace thank you for your power to take our junk and turn it into something great God, I pray that you would let this real meaning of Christmas burn in every single person in this room. That it would move just beyond services where we get together and sing songs about the gift of Jesus, but we would live it out every single day of our life. Thank you for your body broken for us. Thank you for the blood of Christ poured out to save us from our sins, to wash us of all ungodliness, to cleanse us. Thank you so much for it. Help us to represent you well. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake of the bread and the cup together. Amen. All right, folks are going to start making their way around the room, helping you guys light your candles. What I love about the Christmas story and all of its images and imagery is this idea of the light of the world penetrating the darkness, light truly coming into a dark place so that we can have hope. And the Bible is full of these same kind of metaphors of who we are as Christ followers. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says it clearly, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. This Christmas May we remember that in Christ we are transformed in God's eyes. And when everyone else is asking us what's the real meaning of Christmas, when anyone's asking, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about, our prayer is that we would all be like Linus and let our light shine, pointing people to the way, the truth, and the life.
that is Jesus.